1: The Australian skipper responded to Australia touring Pakistan for the first time in 24 years. Mitch Marsh ahead of the semi finals. We're at racing as well. Nick Maddinson, there's a heap on the cricket agenda. And Usman Khawaja has given Ian Chappell a spray. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. I hope you've had a cracking day uh, wherever you are and however you've uh, experienced this Tuesday. Um, I hope you've uh, just enjoyed it thoroughly, however you put it in, wherever you put it in, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us. Uh, it's great to have your company. one 300 Seven three six seven three six is the number to get involved. Time on, of course, is your say on the news of the day as we recap the major stories and major discussion points in sport uh, across the last twenty four hours. One 736 is the number to give me a bell. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to shoot me a text on the temper text machine. Temper uh, a mattress like no other. So heaps to get through. Um, Cricket absolutely top of the agenda. There's a little bit of footy news uh, kicking around as well. Some veteran Eagles suiting up again uh, over in the West. And the skinfold story, um, there's been more conversation about that today. And uh, we're going to continue that on uh, a little later on in the sporting capital as well. Um, but in the meantime, time on is your say on the news of the day. So if you've been hanging out to uh, give us a bell. You've been working all day. We just haven't been able to get to the phone. You've been storing it up. It's been bubbling away. Need to get something off your chest. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number. Hey, let's start with Tim Payne speaking to Jared Waitley early this morning. Um, full chat is up on the podcast, sen.com.au or on the SEN app. You can get all the podcasts and all the individual interviews throughout the course of the day. It is all up there. The Australian skipper, of course, who've been loving his work uh, on Jack and Painie, uh on SEN in Tasmania. Um, he spoke about um, Australia heading to Pakistan for the first time since, uh, or the first time in 24 years.
0: Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, obviously, uh, really exciting for Pakistan, cricket, and I, think, and I think the world game in general, so Pakistan. We haven't been there for 24 years, Um I think there, you know, George Bailey and myself actually went there for a World Eleven T twenty series not long ago and the passion for cricket over there is is very similar if not um right up there with India. So it's exciting that Test cricket will be heading back there um in a few months' time. Obviously there's a little bit of uh, water to go under the bridge and security planning and all that stuff, which is really, really important to to our group. Obviously with what's going on over there in the past, but um once that's ticked off, I think um everyone will be really looking forward to getting over there and as I said, taking cricket back to a country that absolutely adores and loves it.
1: Uh, Tim Payne also spoke about his experience heading over there with a the World 11 uh, in, I think it was around 2017. So it's well worth listening to the full chat, but he spoke about uh, when it comes to players uh, and how they feel about heading over there, that it very much is an individual choice.
0: Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I can't speak for everyone until I've sort of got in the room with them, but, but I, I would imagine there'd be a bit of both. I know there's some guys that will, will be happy to take the experts advice and um, and others will want to know a bit more. And, 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 you know, if we're totally honest, there might be some people who aren't comfortable going regardless. Um, but, I mean, that's happened before with, with tours to other countries, um, you know, going back forever. So, uh, again, there are issues that will, I'm sure, pop up and, and we'll discuss it. And if people get the right answers and, and feel comfortable, then, um, you know, we'll get hopefully the best team we can. But, uh, again, I think those same as... Some of the stuff that's going on with COVID and some guys have pulled out some other tours, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the individual.
1: Tim Payne uh, also spoke about the consultation uh, with the players on touring.
0: Uh, yeah, with, I suppose, our leaders. Um, you know, I've been talking to Nick Hockley about it, Ben Oliver. Um, the ACA has been heavily involved, obviously. And um, you know, I think if the steps from here are sort of a normal sort of pre-tour security thing. So I think there'll be a number of people from Cricket Australia and the ACA going over in... I think in early December or uh, somewhere around there. And they, they sort of go around and, and basically shadow what the tour would be uh, and then come back um, with any sort of suggestions where they think it can be improved um, or if they think it's it's fantastic, they tick it off. So, uh, again, as players, we'll, we'll sort of discuss it when we have to. Obviously, the boys are in the um, middle of a really important tournament and then we come home, we go straight into an Ashes, but we'll have time to, to get to, together as a group and, and discuss any issues... Uh, that may arise or or fears or, or whatever some players might have, as you can understand, going back to to Pakistan after such a long time i 'm sure there 'll be things that people want to know and want to be um, and want to talk about as a group, so we 'll do that when we can, but at the moment yeah we 've got the pre tour that will go ahead and, and there 's experts in the security field and, and around cricket Australia and around both governments that will um, do all that for us and then feed on the information to us but um, obviously, we're guided by them. They're the professionals at this stage.
1: Australian Test Captain Tim Payne with Jared Whateley earlier today. Um, he's back tomorrow from 9 o'clock, of course, and you can listen to that full chat uh, up on the Whateley podcast page on the app or at au. So Cricket Australia... Uh, Cricket Australia. Chief Executive Nick Hockley has said in the statement that the organisation would continue to work closely over the coming months to finalise the necessary operations, logistics, security and COVID-19 protocols. He said the safety and welfare of our players and staff remains our number one priority. And we will continue to work with the PCB and relevant agencies to ensure the appropriate and sufficient arrangements are put in place for the tour. So the last time Australia were there were in 1998, of course, uh, Tubby Taylor the 334, one of the most epic knocks in Australian test history when he equalled the Don. Um, and uh, they won the series 1-0. So it'll be a three-test series starting on March 3rd in Karachi, the second test from March 12th in Royal Pindi, uh, and from March 21st, the third test in Lahore, and then uh, three one-day internationals on the 29th, 30th, 1st, and then the 2nd of April, and then a T20 on April 5th. So... Um, they have been um, starved of, of test matches and, and, and cricket on their home soil for a long, long time now, Pakistan. And we understand the reasons why and the safety concerns are around that. So it will be a big decision for some of the players. Um, and I don't think we should be surprised if there are a couple of players who'd say, look, it, I just, it's just not something I feel comfortable with. And Jerry Whateley has spoken about the fact, and Crash Craddock has spoken about the fact that Australia aren't very good tourists. Um, they don't tend to pull their weight when it comes to uh, visiting other test-playing nations, we're not as highly regarded as we might think that we are in that space by the other test-playing nations. Um, and Jared even throwing up the nickname that's been floating around. Or it might have been Crash, uh, the Invisibles, uh, rather than, obviously, that's a play on the Invincibles. So it, it is, and Jared speaking about it today, that if he was asked to go and, and commentate it for SEN, doesn't know if the answer would be yes straight away. It'd have to do a lot of a lot of evaluation but he said that he would take his guidance uh, from Wazi Macram and not a name drop by the way Wazi Macram was part of the SEN um uh, test summer um last year or the year before I reckon it was the year before um and to get his advice on um whether it's a, a good thing a safe thing to do and, and how he should go about uh, making that decision so uh that'll be interesting to see how that plays out um but it is a, an exciting uh, it is very exciting for, for Pakistani cricket um, and just fortuitous and um, um, obviously a bit um, of a coincidence that it falls, that announcement on the same week that we're about to play them in a semi-final of this T20 World Cup, 1am Friday morning. Myself and Chuck Berry will take you through that. Mitch Marsh uh, has done a, a press conference earlier on today uh, and spoke about um, how excited he is for the semi and the fact that he was dropped he actually spoke last night on sports day WA
2: yeah this tournament's uh just gone pretty quickly the last couple of weeks so um yeah we find ourselves in a semi on Thursday night and um gee it's exciting Um, can't wait um yeah it's always difficult when you get left out um in like any sport I guess and I, I was disappointed but I think um yeah, Ashton Agar, when he first got left out of the team early on in the tournament, um, his words were that, you know, the squad mentality and everyone says that. So, um, yeah, I was disappointed, but um, I understood why and and um, and just got on with it. I had a smile on my face for the boys and ran the drinks hard. And then, um, yeah, as it always does, cricket can turn pretty quickly and found myself back in. So um, hopefully I can stay there now. <laughs>
1: Uh, Mitch Marsh speaking to Sports Day WA, uh, and then on that World Cup semi against Pakistan.
2: We uh, all watched um, South Africa versus England um, the other night. Uh, pretty nervous. I think uh, you know the few comments are flying around that to win four games in a in a five game pool um, and not make the finals would be pretty stiff. So um, yeah, we felt like we've played some really good cricket, and and obviously um, yeah, the build up to the semi final is great. Um, playing in a World Cup, um, any World Cup match it, it is amazing. Um, now we're at the business end, it's going to be uh, even, even more fun, and um, this is why we play, so bring it on. everyone knows how dangerous Pakistan are. Um, they've got great experience, great depth in their bowling. Um, they're a very all round side so uh, and in saying that, I think we are too and um, we've got great experience, we've got um, plenty of depth with both bat and ball, so um it should be a, a fantastic matchup. when you look down our lineup um, when we're at a full strength side with the amount of experience. Um, exciting players, um, some of the best T20 players in the world. Um, Inside this team, um, we were really confident. Obviously, a lot of dangerous teams in in, uh, T20 cricket, but um, we were confident and and now we're in the finals. um, Anything can happen.
1: Mitch Marsh on Sports Day WA, and uh, he was fantastic with his half century in the win against the West Indies was our form player throughout most of this calendar year in the shorter format of the game. It's great to see him bowling again, too, to great effect. He took a lot of wickets in the uh, West Indies and the the Bangladesh series in the lead-up to this World Cup and uh, looks to have cemented his spot uh, at first drop. And it still is uh, an area of um, consternation for some people about the Australian top order. Shane Warne tweeting today saying, now that the Aussies have their batting order right and finding form, they can win... The World Cup. I wouldn't have had Smith in my starting 11, but his role as Mr. Fix-It is spot on. Big tick. Lose early wickets, he goes in and if they don't, he slides down and the Beasts Marsh, Stoinis and Maxwell go in. So Shane Warne seeing Steve, Smith, Steve Smith's role as a, a bit of a, a Selly's gap filler um, to see that if uh, Australia gets off to a shaky start and needs to consolidate which you would have precious little time to do in T20 cricket, that that could be the role for Steve Smith in that side. Have you say on the Thursday's uh, team or Friday morning's team, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 if you want to put your selectors cap on, 433 off the temper text, temper uh, a mattress like no other. Uh, more cricket uh, news today. Nick Maddison, um spoke to Gary and Tim on SEN Breakfast this morning, has been in a nice touch For Victoria, the whole Victorian squad has been in great touch. Uh, Two wins in a row, um, getting the maximum points against New South Wales. Uh, Scott Boland in two matches has taken more Sheffield Shield wickets than anybody. Uh, We've got Bendigo boy, James Seymour, making his first century. Peter Hanscom's in the runs with a ton and a 90. Marcus Harris is putting his name up for that opener spot uh, with a ton in the first game. And um, Nick Maddison got one in the most recent Shield game at the MCG against England and now has come back into contention for what people still believe is a vacant spot, batting at number five. This was uh, him having a chat to Gary and Tim earlier this morning.
3: Obviously, a couple of rounds in now and finally got the season underway against New South Wales last week and then finishing the game up yesterday. So it's good to get a couple of knocks on the board so far. And um, I think when you're you're playing domestic cricket, you're always kind of looking at those first few games and with an eye towards the towards the test team, um, I think probably people are lying a little bit when they say they don't think about it because it's, it's pretty hard not to when there's so much talk about it early in the season. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place at the moment and just trying to put as many runs on the board at every performance I get the chance. Plenty of time over the winter to try to hone and, and work on a couple of things. Um, obviously, with the, with the lockdowns and a bit of a delayed start to the season for us, it gave me a bit of time to work on a few things, but then also take a bit of a break and a couple of weeks off just before the season got underway and mentally refreshed. So I feel like I'm in a good place at the moment and my game's um, in a in a spot where I'm really happy with and it's just about making the most of every opportunity now.
1: Nick Maddinson with Gary and Tim on SEN Breakfast back tomorrow morning from 6. A full chat up on the podcast page as well on the website uh, and on the app. So great to see him. I mean, he's had personal and some professional battles as well. And you heard him now talking about the work that's gone in and getting himself into a good space on and off uh, the the pitch. And to know uh, that that's actually reaping rewards now must be incredibly satisfying. And to be making runs again, just to have your name back in that conversation around an Ashes Test summer must just feel... Wonderful for him and, uh, and congrats to him for, for finding a way back into form and hopefully it continues as well. One of the players that he's going to be duking it out with, possibly for one of the vacant spots, would be Usman Kawaja, who's been in ripping nick for Queensland in the Sheffield Shield games. Uh, he's played, I don't have his numbers up, but it's either it's definitely one tonne and possibly two that I reckon he's made uh, over the first few matches for Queensland. Uh, he spoke. Um, in a, uh, a presser today and started out just speaking about uh, his form and where he sees himself. Yeah, look,
4: I'm feeling really good. It's nice when you score runs. Cricket's not an easy game, so plenty of times where you don't score runs and there's times where you do. So when you do, you try to cash in for your team because, um, as I said, you know there's going to be times where you don't. So uh, hopefully hope I can keep the form going. Um, things going really well. We got our first win last
1: week, so pretty happy with that because the first couple of games, we, we were close. We just couldn't do it. So that's Usman Khawaja um, talking about the form that he's in. So three matches, four innings, 326 runs at an average of 81. And he has made the two tons as well. So um, you can't do much more than that to give yourself another chance. And he does average over 40 in test cricket. He averages over 90 as an opener in the seven uh, games that he's opened in. Uh, seven innings. I'll double check that as well. But um, yeah, he should absolutely be in contention. Uh, should Usman Khawaja uh he also spoke about uh that idea of playing for Australia again I'm in a really good spot
4: you know I have a lovely family I have a beautiful wife a beautiful daughter um I'm really enjoying my life at the moment I've got a lot of things to be grateful for um and to me um I'm still enjoying playing this game so you know I love to play for Australia um if it happens, if it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't really, it's, it's, not, in my, it's not in my thinking because I'm out here trying to score runs for Queensland, trying to do well. Um, if it does happen, great. If it doesn't, I'll still be out there giving 100% for whoever I'm playing for, whether it's Queensland or Thunder and the BBL. Um, so for me, they're the key points. Um, you know, Mind wise, I'm in a really good spot, so nothing changes for me.
1: So, mind wise, in a really good spot, Usman Kuwaja, speaking at a press conference today. Uh, what's he been working on, though?
4: I've never wanted to talk about what I've done because I never like to give the opposition or anyone else any sort of leeway. Uh, but for me, I did work on a few couple of things that I thought were really important. And that doesn't always necessarily translate into runs. Um, you know, cricket, there's so many variables in the game. Um, but I did go back and work on a few specific things that I knew worked for me um, You know, beforehand. I thought I might have just gotten away from a little bit. So it's nice. Even last year, I felt really good. I scored runs last year. And so sort of... I uh, cemented in my mind that what I was doing was the right thing. Kept working on those things this year. Um, and, you know, touch wood, I started the season
1: well with a few runs, but hopefully I can keep going. Uh, Usman Kawaja, the last little grab I want to play you, though, is um, after comments that um, one of our greatest ever skippers, Ian Chappell, made uh, in regards to Usman Kawaja, He said a good player against mediocre bowling, but against good bowling, I don't think there's much future there. This is what Usman Kawaja had to say in response to that. I'm in a really good spot. You know, I have a lovely family. I have a beautiful wife a beautiful daughter. That's not the right audio. Let's get the proper audio. Sorry, that's my fault there. Uh, build the suspense up. But see if he can remember uh, where he might have uh, got this one from. I think I've got the gist of what Chappelle
4: said. Um, to me, it's water off a duck's back, honestly. Yeah. And Ciapelli will have his opinions, um, I guess. You just have to, you know, as a player, just concentrate on things you're good at. I mean, Chapelle's not even the best player in his family, so. <laughs> if I'm going to take advice, I might take it from his younger brother, maybe. <laughs> well, I get along with very well, too. GC's a legend, so. <laughs> um, honestly, it, it doesn't mean much to me.
1: Now, that's a great response. Now, I'll, I don't know if I've got any prize in the prize cover, but I'll, 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 on the other side of this, when we come back, that, for some of you, might ring uh, a bell. For you, that might remind you of, of a particular sledge that another Australian has copped over the journey. Zero four double three nine eight eleven sixteen. Just a bit of a fun one. See if you can remind me on the text. I've got the answer in front of me. See if you can remember who else has had that sledge used against them. I know it was all in good fun. You can tell that he was having a bit of fun with that, Brisbane Kuaja. There's no disrespect in that at all. But see if you can remember who it was that's also copped that sledge. In cricket history. Uh, Plenty more making news today. Time on, we'll recap uh, all of it and most importantly, give you a chance to have your say on the news of the day. Line is always open 1300 736 736. I think I've got the gist of what Schiapelli said. Um, To me, it's water off a duck's back, honestly.
4: Um, And Schiapelli will have his opinions, Um, I guess. just have to, you know, as a player, just concentrate on things you're good at. I mean, Schiapelli's not even the best player in his family, so. If I'm going to take advice, I might take it from his younger brother, maybe. <laughs> well, I get along with very well, too. GC is a legend. So. <laughs> um, honestly, it, it doesn't mean much to me.
1: Uh, Usman Khawaja responding to uh, comments made by Ian Chappell that uh, he's a very good player against mediocre bowling, but against good bowling, uh, there's not much more after that. So uh, that was just Usman Khawaja's way of uh, having a laugh at that. And I think he handled it brilliantly. And it did get me thinking, though, where have I heard that before? That's not the first time somebody's used that particular sledge. And I asked you, 0433981116, who used that and to who did they use it to? So a lot of people, a lot of people texting through um, that it was Mark War who was on the receiving end of it, but only a couple of people realising uh, that it wasn't Perore. It wasn't uh, Daryl Cullinan. Who uh, else did we have thrown up here? Who else did we have thrown up here? Um, who else did we have thrown up here? um Yeah, not Daryl Cullinan. There's a couple more that have thrown up. It wasn't, uh, no, it wasn't Holyoke. It was Jimmy Ormond. Last test of the 2001 Ashes. Jimmy Ormond, who uh, was a, uh, described as more of a a portly fellow, but a very consistent county performer. Um, Apparently, Mark Waugh, reportedly, when he came out to the crease, said, look who it is, mate. What are you doing here? There's no way you're good enough to play for England. Ormond responds, Maybe not, but at least I'm the best player in my family. Uh, A couple of people threw up the Selwoods. I don't know. I have no confirmed reports of that sledge being used uh, against the Selwoods. But I reckon that was uh, nicely handled by um, Usman Kwasi today. And I reckon Ian Chappell will get a laugh about that. A couple of people not liking it. It's not funny, Usman. He he, he isn't still a selector. He surely still had uh, selectors ears. Um, I think it was pretty funny. That's, that's the way to handle a bit of criticism. Firing one back, but all in good fun. He's not losing any sleep about that, uh, Usman Kouaja, And um, it gives us a chance to go down memory lane. So thank you for all uh, those texts that have come through. And congratulations to those uh, who got it right. Uh, Dave Hussey. I don't know. Did Dave Hussey cop that, Riley? I have not had that confirmed. But I wonder whether he has. Um, now we'll just start taking nominations on who you think might have copped it. Um, in relation to their professional sporting pursuits, being told that you're not even the best player in your family. So, look, throw those up as well if you're hazarding a guess of who you think may also have heard it. But we do know that it was um, what Mark Waugh copped, or uh, it's, well, through f- cricket folklore, we believe that Mark Waugh copped that. Uh, Stephen's in Glenburn. Hello, Stephen. Uh,
5: g'day, Sam. I love the show. Thanks for having me
1: on. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you, mate. Thank you for calling. Uh-
5: You've actually, um, before I call, say what I wanted to talk about, I thought um, they've done father and sons, which is the best father and son combo. Maybe you could figure out which is the best, best brother and brother or brother and sister combo of all time. Um, just as a conversation, I don't know. I'm just, just thinking off the top of my head.
1: Great summer topic. Great summer topic. Um, and and yep. do we limit it to just one particular sport or are we going to throw it up to anyone in any sport?
5: All sports,
1: I reckon. All sports. Righto. Family combos. I reckon that's... uh, We'll keep that one... I'm just writing that one down now, Stefan. Uh, You wanted to have a chat about Paddy McCartan.
5: Yeah, and I I don't know why it dawned on me, but I can't believe he's even been playing VFL. Um, Like, you know, he leaves the game because of a reason, and it could be anything. Like, say he had, like, 35 suspensions or 35-day suspensions, but he's had,
1: you know, a dozen concussions, and
5: Um, And now they're thinking of bringing
1: him back in this day and age. I just don't get it. Um, It would be done under, and from what we understand, Sydney are a very, very well-run club, Stefan. So the report is that that, um, Paddy McCartan is set to be um, offered an AFL lifeline, uh, number one draft pick back in 2014. Um, And we know that he's just had a horror run uh, with concussions. But, uh, Sydney are a very, very astute and well-run and responsible organisation. All the clubs are, really. Uh, and they wouldn't uh, bring him into the fold unless it had been ticked off by uh, the right medical people, Stefan. So you're absolutely right to be concerned um, for Paddy McCartan, but um, he's had a, a substantial time out of the game before starting to play VFL again. 25 years of age, he played VFL um, Last year, he played two pretty promising first-up games. And then, of course, there was a really ugly incident uh, where he was suspended for five weeks for striking. He returned to play um, for the Swans. He had a 27-disposal game, took 11 marks against Footscray, filled in uh, for the Bombers' reserves team in, in Queensland. He kicked 3-2 uh, against Southport. So, apparently, according to the reports, his health has been improving. Um, he's had strong VFL uh, form. He's really keen to, to, to have another crack um, at AFL footy, and his brother Tom is on the, the Sydney list as well. So I can understand your concern, Stefan, but um, I, I would be very – I share your concern for him, I think, as every footy fan does, but I don't think he would make this choice unless he had um, top-notch medical advice. Yep. Well,
5: pa- yeah, pardon the punt, but you'd hate for it to be a kick in the face.
1: I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if I get the pun.
5: Um, so if he got, you know, kicked in the head by accident or you know, he had another concussion, It would be a, a big kick in the face for the AFL. You know, they brought back a guy that's been concussed and now he, get, he gets kicked in the head because I've been kicked in the head playing football by accident. Um, yeah, I just, I just hope he doesn't get
1: concussed again. Oh, look, I think we all share that hope, Stefan. Absolutely. And, um, and it's good of you to, to have that concern and only want the best for him. Uh, you're you're a good egg but um yeah I I think that obviously the AFL will monitor the situation very closely I think it was um uh you know five or more concussions in in five years um eight concussions in five years it was so 35 games and, and he's kicked 34 goals so he's really keen to to have another crack and um we just wish him all the best and and especially in in health and in happiness as well, uh, Jimmy Bartel spoke about it on Sports Day last night. As the uh, as the news broke and the story coming out as reported on Channel Nine, yeah, it's good good for him. And I, I hate seeing players not actually get
0: the opportunity to show their full talent due to injuries. Um, and look, hopefully he's over the concussion woes. Hope he gets a good run. He actually uh, gets a. Good AFL career out of it. I remember watching him in underage football. He was a Geelong Falcons boy. Geelong wasn't he? Falcons. Yeah. He did his sort of AIS stay with us. So uh, I, I saw him up, up close. We just haven't seen him
1: really at AFL level properly. Uh, so that was Jimmy Bartell on Sports Day, Vic, last night. So um, yeah, all the best. It's not, uh, I don't know if it's locked in yet. We'll wait to find that out but we wish him all the best if uh he does get another chance uh, at the level to obviously succeed and and hopefully to stay safe as well um there's some great texts coming through about the father uh whether it be the, the family combos so i'm going to try and sift through a few of those but there's still a, a few news of the day style items that we uh need to get through and want you to have your say on that news of the day one three hundred seven three six seven. Three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen four double three ninety98 16 off the temper text we'll go through those uh, on the other side of this as well. Time on SEN. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, Welcome back to Time On, the number one 736 736 to have your say on the news of the day. Uh, The story yesterday in regards to the AFL deciding not to continue administering the skinfold test to the combine, uh, the kids at the combine for the AFL draft, uh, certainly did prompt uh, a a strong and wide-ranging response yesterday from uh, Kane Corns and Will Schofield, who were um, especially critical Uh, of that decision um, to people who believe that it was the right call and the AFL making it with the mind to be a bit more uh, cognizant of body image issues and fat shaming. Uh, and things like this, and they did that in consultation that they uh, have reported as well. Um, so Gary and Tim today wanted to explore it a, a little bit deeper and, uh, and dig a little bit further, because obviously as former players themselves, they know what this test was for them when they played, um, but they wanted to try and uh, just get a, a broader view on it. So they spoke to sports psychologist Dr. Noel Blundell, who has a heap of experience with the draftees and the AFL system and players within it.
6: I think the AFL have missed a major opportunity. I think they had the chance to set reaffirm their role as the major sporting body in the country and administrative body in the country to attack it from a positive perspective and go about putting the appropriate protocols in place so that a test that does have value, can be utilised by the, by the clubs and, more importantly, to assist the players to develop as elite athletes.
1: Uh, Dr. Noel Blundell, really worth having a listen to that chat in full at SEN.com.au or on the SEN app. And so then Gary and Tim, after uh, listening to what Dr. Noel Blundell had to say, they uh, tossed that ball around uh, themselves. But you, the, could but actually,
7: the, you actually could uh, fail the skinfold test but still be the best 2K time trial. Yeah, right?
8: but you could turn around and say, hey, I mightn't win the two came tight. I mightn't win the two came tight. A two k time trial, but mm. I'll get you thirty five touches.
7: That's right. But if you want to go to the ridiculous, then you can say, okay, well, I didn't make an AFL club because I didn't
8: have enough talent, but I wasn't given the opportunity to play. Anyway. I think the system is okay as long as it's not used to embarrass and shame, as long as it's used constructively, Tim, to, uh, because you know what? The, all right, this is if you want to take it to the nth degree, mm. then you turn around three years down the track and the player gets delisted and he goes, why? Well, you weren't really fit enough in your body shape. Well, why didn't you tell me? Well, we weren't really allowed to. <laughs> But they'd
7: tell you in another way, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, they would. They would tell you another way. You'd uh, you get the message eventually, and um, you know, for us, it was like hey. the, the carrot and the stick. You know, like you'd yeah. go away and you'd think, okay, well, I've got to come back because if I don't look after myself, if I don't train during this break, and we used to have long breaks yes, in our pre-season. This is
8: the point, though. This is what the the modern day is that is an unnecessary stress and burden. That is the counter argument to that. You, when you have a break, you need to have a complete break from. Well, no, yeah. that's not how it works in this industry. Mm. Because if you do, if you drop your standards, or you do, and you let your skin fold blow out a little bit, then you lose your
1: spot. Gary and Tim on SEM Breakfast this morning talking about the the skin fold test being, uh, well, being uh, dismissed from the AFL draft combine, so that the players uh, at the combine now weren't given that test. Um, recruiters were a bit miffed. By that, uh, Kinnear Beetson spoke to SEN about it. There's been a whole range of views being given in regards to it. So after 8 o'clock, I'm going to speak to a nutritionist who has worked with AFL clubs and AFL players and get her view on the test itself, the decision that's been made, um, and just what goes on for the players in and around these conversations about their body shape, their body mass, uh, what other tests can we use. So we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper into it ourselves as well uh, after 8 o'clock in the sporting capital one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen a couple of Eagles have announced that they 're going around again next year, so uh, Premiership players Josh Kennedy uh, and Shannon Hearn, the first Eagle to three hundred games, have signed contract extensions with West Coast, committing to one year deals today, so they 've taken uh, several weeks to to get finalized, but uh, that brings an end to the Eagles' recontracting requirements two weeks out from the draft. All listed players now re-signed. So, Kennedy, the Eagles all-time leading goal kicker, 675. Uh, He did take some time away to consider that playing future. He returned to Perth. They thrashed out the new deal and he's good to go. Hearn uh, was keen on a 17th year um, and and was able to reach an understanding with the club to make that happen. So, congratulations to both those two. They are going to be one of the most fascinating teams to watch next year, West Coast. When... You look at a list and then try to figure out how a list that has the names on it, that's only three years out from a premiership, um, that has all the talent and all the ability, uh, well-coached, how a team that has all that going for it can finish up where they did this year is still one of the greatest mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries, if we were going to do a segment called Unsolved Mysteries from the year of footy, that would be right up there. How on earth did West Coast not make finals? How on earth did West Coast get knocked out Um, how on earth did West Coast not make top four the last couple of years? How on earth have they just not performed anywhere near that premiership year? So it's a whole lot to try and find out. And there's some big, big answers that need to be given. And the best way to do that is by results, as we know. So they are going to be, they're probably the team. They're probably the team, I think, under the most pressure coming in. Them and Geelong. I think for teams that you expect to be um, in the eight and maybe further up, West Coast and Geelong are going to be the two teams I think under the most pressure coming into next year's AFL season. 1300 736 736 0433 98 1116. A couple of little bits and pieces getting around with cricket news, which I'll go through uh, in just a moment as well. But some NBA scores from today uh, 76s are incredibly um, injury-depleted, 96-103. They had no Matisse liable. They had no Joel Embiid as well. Reports today, too, that Ben Simmons has agreed after having done a lot of work with the uh, NBA Players Association, uh, medical and and health professionals and mental health professionals, he's now finally agreed to the 76ers' demands that he speak to their people in that space, and that has apparently happened uh, today, and there's rumours of a possibility of a trade with the Boston Celtics, but uh, again, the 76 is holding firm that they want um, a difference maker, and they believe that to be Jalen Brown. So there's obviously still a lot of water to go under that bridge, um, but uh, that could be light lot at the end of the tunnel to getting one of the more awkward um, breakups finally done and dusted that we've seen in sport in recent times. Uh, Grizzlies, 125, 118 over the Timberwolves. The Bulls, 118 over the Nets, 95. Quiet day for Paddy, five points and two assists. Mavericks uh, over the Pelicans was a good win for them. Um, just backing it up after the high of that uh, Luka, Doncic, uh, Luka Doncic buzzer beater uh, in their previous game. No, just one minute for Josh Green, uh, Aussie Boomer. Uh, no points uh, or anything uh, that troubled the statisticians. Other results today. Uh, the Bulls, 118 over the Nets, already given that one. The Nuggets, 113 over the Heat, 96. Uh, Nikolai Jokic, Um, and Markeith Morris both ejected for that. It was a fairly cheap shot that uh, Jokic dished out that had Jimmy Butler saying, come and see me at the back. So that was uh, pretty wild scenes to finish out that one. Uh, The Kings, 104, loss to the Suns, 109. The Warriors, 127 to the Hawks, 113. uh, The Lakers, 126 to the Hornets, 123. uh, And uh, the Steelers beat the Bears today in Monday Night Football, but not without controversy. Another taunting... Call that played a pivotal role late. I don't know if you watch much NFL, but the taunting rule I think it's, I can understand why you'd bring it in for certain things, but it's the most over officiated rule I think in the NFL and it's ruining. Uh, a lot of games uh, at the minute. One to absolutely have a look at. One uh, uh, Back with more. A heap of texts that I want to get through on the other side of this uh, as well. This is time on SEN. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, Welcome back to Time On, the number one 736 736 to have your say on the news of the day. Uh, The story yesterday in regards to the AFL deciding not to continue administering the skinfold test to the combine, uh, the kids at the combine for the AFL draft, uh, certainly did prompt uh, a a strong and wide-ranging response yesterday from... Uh, Kane Corns and Will Schofield, who were um, ex- especially critical uh, of that decision, um, to people who believe that it was the right call and the AFL making it with the mind to be a bit more uh, cognizant of body image issues and fat shaming. Uh, and things like this, and they did that in consultation that they uh, have reported as well. Um, so Gary and Tim today wanted to explore it a, a little bit deeper and, uh, and dig a little bit further because obviously as former players themselves, they know what this test was for them when they played, um, but they wanted to try and uh, just get a, a broader view on it. So they spoke to sports psychologist Dr. Noel Blundell, who has a heap of experience with the draftees and the AFL system and players within it.
6: I think the AFL have missed a major opportunity. I think they had the chance to set reaffirm their role as the major sporting body in the country and administrative body in the country to attack it from a positive perspective and go about putting the appropriate protocols in place so that a test that does have value can be utilised by the, by the clubs and, more importantly, to assist the players to develop as elite athletes.
1: Uh, Dr. Noel Blundell, really worth having a listen to that chat in full at SEN.com.au or on the SEN app. And so then Gary and Tim, after uh, listening to what Dr. Noel Blundell had to say, they uh, tossed that ball around uh, themselves. But you, then, could but actually,
7: the... you actually could uh, fail the skinfold test but still be the best 2K
8: time trial. Yeah, right? but you could turn around and say, hey, I mightn't win the two came tight. I mightn't win the two came tight. A two k time trial, but mm. I'll get you thirty five touches.
7: That's right. But if you want to go to the ridiculous, then you can say, okay, well, I didn't make an AFL club
8: because I didn't have enough talent, but I wasn't given the opportunity to play. Anyway. I think the system is okay as long as it's not used to embarrass and shame, as long as it's used constructively, Tim, uh, because you know what? All right, this is if you want to take it to the nth degree, Mm. then you turn around three years down the track and the player gets delisted and he goes, why? Well, you weren't really fit enough and your body shape. Well, why didn't you tell me? Well, we weren't really allowed to. (laughs)
7: But they'd tell you in another way, wouldn't yeah, they? They would. they would tell you another way. You'd uh, you get the message eventually, and um, you know, for us, it was like the, hey. the carrot and the stick. You know, like you go away and you would think, okay, well, I've got to come back because if I don't look after myself, if I don't train during this break, and we used to have long breaks yes, in our pre season. This is
8: the point, though. This is what the the modern day is that is an unnecessary stress and burden. That is the counter argument to that. You, when you have a break, you need to have a complete break from you. Well, no, yeah. that's not how it works in this industry. Mm. Because if you do, if you drop your standards, or you do, and you let your skin fold blow out a little bit, then you
1: lose your spot. Gary and Tim on SEM Breakfast this morning talking about the the skin fold test being, uh, well, being uh, dismissed from the AFL draft combine, so that the players uh, at the combine now weren't given that test. Um, recruiters were a bit miffed. By that, uh, Kinnear Beetson spoke to SEN about it. There's been a whole range of views being given in regards to it. So after 8 o'clock, I'm going to speak to a nutritionist who has worked with AFL clubs and AFL players and get her view on the test itself, the decision that's been made, um, and just what goes on for the players in and around these conversations about their body shape, their body mass, uh, what other tests can we use. So we'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper into it ourselves as well uh, after 8 o'clock. In the sporting capital, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. A couple of eagles have announced that they're going around again next year. So uh, Premiership players Josh Kennedy uh, and Shannon Hearn, the first eagle to three hundred games, have signed contract extensions with West Coast, committing to one year deals today. So they've taken uh, several weeks to, to get finalised, but uh, that brings an end to the Eagles recontracting requirements two weeks out from the draft. All listed players now re-signed. So, Kennedy, the Eagles' all-time leading goal kicker, 675. Uh, He did take some time away to consider that playing future. He returned to Perth. They thrashed out the new deal and he's good to go. Hearn uh, was keen on a 17th year um, and and was able to reach an understanding with the club to make that happen. So, congratulations to both those two. They are going to be one of the most fascinating teams to watch next year, West Coast, when you look at a list and then try to figure out how a list that has the names on it, that's only three years out from a premiership, um, that has all the talent and all the ability, uh, well-coached, how a team that has all that going for it can finish up where they did this year is still one of the greatest mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries, if we were going to do a segment called Unsolved Mysteries from the year of footy, that would be right up there. How on earth did West Coast not make finals? How on earth did West Coast get knocked out? Um, how on earth did West Coast not make top four the last couple of years? How on earth have they just not performed anywhere near that premiership year? So it's a whole lot to try and find out. And there's some big, big answers that need to be given. And the best way to do that is by results, as we know. So they are going to be, they're probably the team, they're probably the team, I think, under the most pressure coming in. Them and Geelong. I think, for teams that you expect to be um, in the eight and maybe further up, West Coast and Geelong are going to be the two teams, I think, under the most pressure coming into next year's AFL season. Uh, 1-300-736-736-0433, 98-11-16. Um, a couple of little bits and pieces getting around with cricket news, which I'll go through uh, in just a moment as well. But some NBA scores from today, 76 uh, 76s are incredibly Um, injury-depleted, 96-103. They had no Matisse liable. They had no Joel Embiid as well. Reports today, too, that Ben Simmons has agreed after having done a lot of work with the uh, NBA Players Association, uh, medical and and health professionals and mental health professionals, he's now finally agreed to the 76ers' demands that he speak to their people in that space, and that has apparently happened uh, today, and there's rumours of a possibility of a trade with the Boston Celtics. But uh, again, the 76 is holding firm that they want um, a difference maker and they believe that to be Jalen Brown. So there's obviously still a lot of water to go under that bridge. Um, but uh, that could be a lot at the end of the tunnel to getting one of the more awkward um, breakups finally done and dusted that we've seen in sport in recent times. Uh, Grizzlies, 125, 118 over the Timberwolves. The Bulls, 118 over the Nets, 95. Quiet day for Paddy, five points and two assists. Mavericks uh, over the Pelicans was a good win for them. Um, just backing it up after the high of that uh, Luka, Doncic, uh, Luka Doncic buzzer beater uh, in their previous game. No, just one minute for Josh Green, uh, Aussie Boomer. Uh, no points uh, or anything uh, that troubled the statisticians. Other results today. Uh, the Bulls, 118 over the Nets, already given that one. The Nuggets, 113 over the Heat, 96. Uh, Nikolai Jokic. Um, and Markeith Morris both ejected for that. It was a fairly cheap shot that uh, Jokic dished out that had Jimmy Butler saying, come and see me at the back. So that was uh, pretty wild scenes to finish out that one. Uh, the Kings 104 loss to the Suns 109. The Warriors 127 to the Hawks 113. Uh, the Lakers 126 to the Hornets 123. Uh, and the uh, the Steelers beat the Bears today in Monday Night Football, but not without controversy. Another taunting call that played a pivotal role late i don't know if you watch much nfl but the taunting rule i think it's i can understand why you'd bring it in for certain things but it's the most over officiated rule i think in the nfl and it's ruining uh, a lot of games uh, at the minute. One to absolutely have a look at. one uh, uh, Back with more. A heap of texts that I want to get through on the other side of this uh, as well. This is Time On, SEN. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au.